This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Six of the bloody best for Southgate side as England waltz to a show-stopping victory in their opening game against Iran. Is football coming home? Uh, probably not, but it's not going to stop us from gloating anyway. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie McCool. And this is the City Report podcast. Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6. It's 2 for Dzeko. Well, Ollie, um, it's quite a change from the last time you were on this show, bemoaning England's chances of success, what, 72 hours ago, if that mm. was jumping on, if you haven't heard by now, England 6, Iran 2, um, and that those two goals doing a lot of heavy lifting for Iran, I have to say, in England's first World Cup group game. Where to begin? Well, I think at the start, really. Um, mm. I, th- I think I think the first place we can start is we this we should have had this podcast finished and recorded by now if that game went to time because we, <laughs> we had the concussed keeper, yeah, um, which was an absolute and and you don't want to put a downer on what's been an amazing performance for England, mm. but I think we need to briefly mention that whoever is deciding the concussion protocols enforce them much more strictly because that was absolutely ridiculous. It was farcical. Yeah. It was it was horrific. You know, you watch you're watching it thinking what what it was obvious he wasn't fit enough to do it and then they took him off immediately mm. as soon as it became clear. So but you don't want to let that be a downer on what's been an amazing day for England, I don't think. You know Yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. It, there's something about tournament wins. Obviously, uh, be no surprise by now. You and I both um, supporting England. I know there's a few nationalities, mainly of all in England's group. I know David Powell is a is a Welsh supporter. Obviously, Adam supports the US. So this is a primarily English English focused uh, podcast. So if you you don't want to hear too too uh, very um, 
ecstatic Englishmen uh, going on about the win than turn off now. But it there's something about tournament wins that just make you feel so good. And when it's in such convincing fashion, because I mentioned the two goals for Iran did a lot of heavy lifting. They both came in the second half when the when the game was done and dusted. The the final kick of the game was a penalty, which how on earth it was awarded considering um, earlier in the game, Harry Maguire had been rugby tackled to the floor and the referee didn't see him that fit. It was a, it was a weird game. It was a really weird game. And I appreciate all the people listening to this who, who didn't get to watch the game because in the UK, it was a 1pm kickoff on a Monday afternoon. So plenty of people in work, but let's, let's go through that first half to start off with them because it's sort of, First sort of, well, England, like I said, England could have had a penalty inside three minutes, but that first sort of 20 minutes before the goal arrived, it felt like we were sort of heading towards this nil-nil scrappy stalemate. England had all the possession, literally, and this isn't an exaggeration, all of the ball was it with, was with England. Obviously, 35 minutes in, that Jude Bellingham goal arrives, a beautiful header looping it over the top of the goalkeeper. And from then on in, really, it was just sort of free-flowing and the football that many, including yourself, I presume, have been been hoping for. 100%. You know, for the first 20 minutes, I was, you know, screaming at the TV and screaming at Twitter, screaming on Twitter. Just calm down. Stop being rash. Just think about, <laughs> just, just consider your passes a little bit better. And mm. then, you know, and... and and then Bellingham just put in that incredible goal. And that, it was like a switch in the game. As soon as mm. that goal went in, it was almost like all the fears and kind of things that have worried England fans and probably the England players this whole mm. year. You've got to remember this is England's first competitive win in 2022. Mm. I mean, yeah. England men, England men. We and we're in November. We we're in late we're November in, as well. We're in yeah. November. You know, we've had a full run of fixtures this year. Um. But as soon as that goal went in from Jude Bellingham, the whole game just turned on its head and England just put in this incredibly professional, brilliant performance. You know, the rest of that first half was absolutely spectacular football from England. Um, Jude Bellingham running the game. Bakayo Saka, I thought he'd been, you know, a bit, you know, he was kind of the main arbiter of this kind of rash football to start with. But Mm. as soon as his goal went in, he just immediately settled into the game and he's fairly got man of the match I must and to finish the first half Raheem Sterling um, well to finish the first 45 minutes off the clock <laughs> yeah, at least it was, yeah, um, yeah. It, it was it was nice being able to celebrate a Raheem Sterling goal for the first time in a while um, mm. it's nice being able to watch players that you that you used to love at City doing well for England um, yeah. that's just yeah. it's really nice to not have to try and be snide and be a biased city fan um yeah um it, it was mental it was it was so good like literally you mentioned that almost every single player could have got a mention i'll do some shout outs for harry Maguire, who was oh um, splendid yeah continually lambasted throughout the build-ups this campaign and for, for me obviously you and i come at different um standpoints with gareth southgate but for me the the one thing that's undisputable in terms of praising him is his continued approach to instilling confidence in players who aren't aren't performing at club level because I think anybody who's watched England in the last 10-15 years would have seen a number of times managers sort of trying to shoehorn in players who are doing it for the club I remember watching Euro 20, uh, 2012 I was watching some of the highlights just a, a couple of days ago and you had players like Andy Carroll starting games for England and I know like 10 years ago Andy Carroll was 
one of the better English strikers, but you it, it, it never felt right. And there's a whole host of examples, but with the likes of Harry Maguire, who who was really good in that first half, Raheem Sterling, who found a goal despite being out of form for Chelsea, those sort of players find refuge in this in this England team. And I mean, it, it was it was a splendid performance and it sort of it just continued seamlessly into the into the second half. I think most of the time when you have a a blitzing first half with a with a flurry of goals, it's easy for teams to just take the foot off the gas. And there was a little bit of that at times. But Saka getting on the score sheet for the second time, making it 4-0. Um Taremi, fantastic finish for for the Iran uh, for for Iran's first goal just a few moments later. Then the the quadruple sub um, with Dyer, Rashford, Grealish and Foden all coming on. Literally, it must have been seconds, let alone minutes. Marcus Rashford makes it 5-1. Jack Grealish makes it 6-1. And I'll, I'll start with Jack Grealish there because uh, apart from being a fantastic footballer, I'm sure most people have seen now the celebration, that like, little goofy sort of arm wiggle uh, dance sort of thing. Obviously, for for those who haven't seen the video, it it was a nod to this this meeting he had with a, an eleven year old lad called Finley, who said, "Next time you score a goal, will you do this celebration for me?" This lad has cerebral palsy, and I think for most people who have who have followed Jack Grealish over the last eighteen months or so from a City persuasion, will know more than anything he's a fantastic human being. To see that cap off what was a superb footballing performance, I don't know, it just made me burst with pride a little bit. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, Jack Grealish, he's the he's the loveliest man in football. Um, mm. Just you know the the way he just you know is the thing with Jack is he is genuinely just one of the normal lads who's found himself in a world blessed with magical ability on, on you know mm. with the ball at his feet, and he and he hasn't lost that kind of no, normality and boyish sense about him. You know. Um, you know, everyone's got their fa- I think everyone's got their favourite Jack Grealish video and favourite Jack Grealish moment, and very, yeah. very few of them are actually his on pitch moments, which are just yeah. as spectacular. You know, that whole, that goal was a perfect. You know, Callum Wilson, big props to him. You know, World Cup first World Cup appearance could have could have nabbed a goal, could have tried to get a goal himself, but mm. was unselfish, gave it to the man clear it on. Just uh, and then yeah, the whole. Just everything, everything about this game reminded me of why I like this England team. Yeah, you know, yeah, because it's players playing at their best. You know, who who step up, and Harry Maguire mm. is the one I, I want to return to because in that first, because obviously he came off uh, with some sort of knock, but we don't think it's too serious. Yeah, um, just after the goal, uh, the Taremi, the first Taremi goal, but he was brilliant in that first half in both boxes. You know, he was essentially almost a playmaker. Um, mm. And I want to give a little tribute to Gareth Southgate's man management of him because he's he's handled. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, know, whoa! Can we have a real reload know, that reload? So get the DJ it, spinning so, so that whoever, back. <laughs> so whoever's listened to the previous podcast, I made a bet where if England win the World Cup, I've got to come on here dressed as Gareth Southgate and do an apology <laughs> video. So you know, just to celebrate, we'll start that. We'll start that. I haven't got the waistcoat yet, but we've got a blazer. So, we're, oh. we're, so this is going to build up as we go through the tournament. Yeah, and eventually yeah. I'm going to be doing this, these podcasts sweating in a full suit. Uh, it's like <laughs> but, uh, it's like the opposite of strip poker. You're just like <laughs> gradually going to add more more parts of a free exactly, piece suit. Exactly, exactly. The shirt's going to come up and then it'll finish yeah. with the weight, the waistcoat, and the drawn on beard. Um, yeah, but yeah. 
this is really uncomfortable, so I'm going to take it off. Um, <laughs> For the benefit of the tape, Ollie's just whipped out a, a suit blazer and um, sort of draped yeah. it over his, his England shirt, and uh, I think yeah. that's sort of the sign of the sign of the fun we're having at yeah. the City Report podcast um, after, that, after that win. But I, th- but I also, I, yeah, I think we should touch on Rashford because I thought his cameo was just fantastic. Him and Foden's cameo, yeah, he was just looked fantastic. great. He looked really Ma- that good. Manchester that Manchester link up just really, yeah. really looking like it was starting to come to something there. Um, yeah. And you know, everyone thinks, oh, four changes, oh, the game's going to, you know, go really quiet. It's going to shut down. In England, the one thing I've, I've always hated with teams is when there's um, a large amount of subs made, and you know, City do it all the time now, and especially this season, you know, the subs have come on and the game's just shut down and it's just petered out to whatever the scoreline was. Maybe another goal come in. England didn't do that. England just kept on going and kept on going. Mm. And you know, they've got their award. You know, plus four on goal difference after one game is pretty fantastic and you know in, in a group like this where you know all t- all four teams are in the top 20 FIFA rankings you know any team yeah can it shouldn't beat go anyone. amiss that shouldn't go amiss no you know it's you know it's the only it's the only group in the fifth world cup which is this close in the rankings mm. so you know th- those are the three teams especially they're all very very you know competitive with each other England I would say have the edge over them all that is a comment that can come back to bite me and I hope it doesn't but yeah. you'd imagine England will have that edge of all of them, just more more in others. But you know, getting the goal difference, you've got to do it in groups like this sometimes because that that if winning the group, he gets you on the more favourable side of the draw one hundred percent. For me, yeah, so. um, yeah, I think it's an important point because I'm just looking at the Euro 2020 group now. Um, obviously, England had Croatia, Czech Republic, Scotland in there, and it's you know a little bit tighter. I know you mentioned it was a re- it's a really tough group this year round, but I think those teams are probably a bit better on paper. Um, mm-hmm. And England scored two goals in their three matches. They've now scored six in one, and I don't think I, I think we do see sometimes in international tournaments. This is where I'll I'll check back a bit because we do see sometimes in international tournaments where teams fly out the blocks. And then you come up into the last 16 thinking, oh, you know, there's a sense of invincibility about them and, and they come up short. I just don't think this England team has that sort of trait. Um, and it may be arrogance, it may be blindsided, but I, I, I don't see this England team being one of those teams where they sort of have this feeling of, we're going to do it all. I, I, I just don't, I don't know why, if it's a manager, if it's the players. Um, but but yeah, uh, I think we as, as the tournament progresses, that that moment, that win, that confidence boost after having such a tor- uh, horrible build-up will be invaluable. And, you know, uh, the, two players I want to mention quickly before we start to move on, uh, Bikaio Saka and Marcus Rashford, their last two touches in international football, tournament football, we're obviously in the Euro 2020 slash 2021, whatever you want to call it, final, where they missed penalties. Now, they had nothing to prove. I want to make that clear. They had absolutely mm-hmm. nothing to prove in terms of themselves. They were subject to pretty horrific racist abuse mm-hmm. afterwards. They sort of dipped out of the international scene for a little bit. Rashford, I think it was his possibly his first appearance in, since then in an England shirt and two touches later he scored a goal. But that that sense of redemption that you know and that that sense of feeling that you mentioned Ollie that that this England team is so lovable it's for moments like that and the the complete um sort of ability to just shake off whatever is thrown at them and you know you saw the the, the smile on Bakayo Saka's face was was just it was it was intoxicating again it's it's another word I'm using you just feel like it fills your body with with happiness and and pride and I know international football you know it is a little bit like that we shouldn't we shouldn't sort of 
be uh, sort of falling into the trap of um, of the the sort of the jingoism in a sense. But you see, normal lads, Jack Grealish, Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford has taken on the Tory government and won, and he's still <laughs> doing it at, at a World Cup. You know, it's these sort of people, these stories, which are just fantastic. And um, yeah, yeah, just a really, really happy performance. We'll we'll move on then because uh, obviously this World Cup has been shrouded in controversy and if we go back to uh pre-kickoff the the main talking point um before the teams were announced was the decision from the FA and other football associations primarily European or I think exclusively European football associations not to wear this one love armband instead they were they were going to change it because FIFA had um threatened the the player the captain who was wearing it the captain's armband with a yellow card as soon as the game kicked off what were your opinions on this? Because I know this podcast, we, we've Adam and I since day one have made an effort to speak about issues like this away from football because it's in, inherently football issues. You know, mm-hmm. politics and football are inseparable. And this was a another one of those moments where, for me, it was just disappointing. And, you know, the football sort of took over, and rightly so. But still, I think it's it's important to mention that wasn't a good look for all involved. No, not at all. And, you know, this World Cup, it proves politics and football are completely inseparable. You know, they're brothers in arms, politics and football. Um, And this World Cup is proving that day by day at the moment. Um, Mm. For me, the one I want to say, you know, I'm I'm a proud bisexual man. You know, it's a Mm. big part of who I am and for every LGBT person and LGBT allies as well. It's incredibly Mm. disappointing. Mm. It's, you know, the one love message, it was ridiculed when it was first announced and rightly mm. so because it's meaningless. It's, it's yeah. you know, we, we, I, I can appreciate gestures and, you know, somewhat performative activism at times. I can appreciate it when it's, you know, even if it's just doing the bare minimum, which this was, it's scraping the barrel, but it's the bare yeah. minimum. And then on the, on the day of the tournament, well, it came out last night, you know, the, the threat end of the booking um, and it's disappointing. And you think, well, it's a protest message, you know, it's standing up for, you know, the LGBT mm. community in Qatar, which is invisible. It's all, it's mm. near invisible. Um, so it was, it was disappointing, you know, that at the first sign of inconvenience, they backed off and they were, and they were, and mm. they got scared, you know, Gianni Infantino started the world cup by saying today, I feel gay. And then mm. two days later, he's telling, you know, well, I think seven of his captains, no, you can't wear an armband to mm. promote, to, you know, promote one love. You know, yeah, whatever that's meant to mean anyway. Not, yeah, exactly. It's not even, it's not, it doesn't say, you know, gay rights. It doesn't say, it's not, yeah. it, it's the tiniest of gestures. And uh, we should give props to Alex Scott and the BBC who came yeah, and pitched yeah, high. Definitely. She had the armband on. And as much as that armband, has and should continue to be criticised for you know, the message on it. For her to do that after what had happened, you know, even though she, the only punishment she can get is from her employers, and they're never mm. going to, you know, they're, they're in. They, I think they probably want to see a little bit more, and that, and you yeah. know, they all talked about it and said it was disappointing. I think Rio Ferdinand said it right. You know, the first sign of trouble when they folded like a pack of cards. Um, mm, yeah, you know, as a you, this England team have really have been really good at bringing the country back together, and we've just talked about how lovable they are. But when it's the suits above them, you know the FA suits. Mm. It's just no. Let if if the players read if the players don't want to get a yellow card, then they should face the consequences for that. But if there were players in that dressing room who would have worn the armband, they should have worn the armband. 
Yeah. It's absolutely disgusting how this issue, how this issue just, you know, people are happy to bring politics into football when it's remembrance and, you know, and, yeah. you know, when, when the queen died, for example, you know, football was yeah. cancelled. Football was the only sport that was cancelled at every single level. Yeah. And fair enough. People have their own opinions on that, but you know, when you're trying to do the bare minimum for a horrifically treated community in a part of the world that, you know, where they're just invisible, I just think you've got to step up. You've got to do better than that for me. You've just got to be, 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 you know, do the right thing. And where yeah, do, yeah. doing the right thing was at the very least wearing that armband for me. Yeah. Just be better essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if anything that, uh, it, it was it was a phony it was a phony statement in the first place one love it had a vague reference to the pride flag um sort of in, it looked more like a eurovision logo yeah. if anything that sort of curly up love heart thing whatever it was you know it was it was phony in the first place but if anything for me the the, the blame doesn't solely lie with fifa because i think the fa could have done more but I can understand why they'd go if harry kane gets booked if he wears it for one game harry kane gets booked if, for example, he got sent off, or in the next game he picks up another yellow card, not you know, if he take t- took the armband off, if he just wore it for one game, but he pulled someone's shirt and got a yellow card, he's suspended for the third game. As it goes now, it might not matter. England might be qualified, <laughs> although we'll see on Friday if if they can beat the USA in secure secure progression. But if anything, for me, it's added it added more weight to the power of it because, like you say, it it meant nothing in the first place. It was and now it, it has one love, yeah, so, and now, and now it, it is this simple, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and we'll wait and see if if there's any sort of um, actions that the England team take in the next couple of games. You you think perhaps maybe if they're through something in that last game against Wales, obviously it depends on what Wales are doing as well, but you know, could there be an, a, a, a statement there or something like that? Who knows? I think it's important to say as well, the pressure shouldn't be on the players to no. do something like this. It's, it's if they want to. And it seems as if the squad do want to. I think, uh, so we'll, yeah. We'll wait I see. think this this squad have been, you know, really good at you know at times speaking up about issues, you know, and they've and they I think they're still the only team in football who takes any every game, and I yeah. and you can't do anything but applaud that, you know, their dedication to it. And Gar- and Gareth Southgate has said, you know, we discuss it you know, every camp, we discuss it, you know, every tournament. Is it, it do mm. we want to continue doing this? And they have to their and to all their credit. So it just makes this a little bit more disappointing. And, you know, especially, you know, the Lionesses, I think, what is it, seven members of that squad are openly LGBT, um, of the yeah, squad that yeah. won the Euros this summer. I just think, you know, they often, t- the, the the talk is often, you know, we want to speak to people who can make a difference. And, and obviously England have had spoken to migrant workers in Qatar, mm. which is not something many teams, if any others, have done. But I think on this issue, on the issue, on the issue of LGBT <laughs> rights, You've got the lionesses who can speak more true to this issue than anyone, and and show what that means. So you yeah. know, if the play, if the players want to do something, I think it's it's not on them to you know do it and declare their, and declare their opinions. But also at the same time, it would be really disappointing if they just complete if they just ignored this now and thought and thought this was the case closed because mm. it shouldn't be. Mm. They've got to continue speaking out on these issues, and you know, so far the coverage has been fantastic on speaking out on the issues that surround Qatar. The BBC didn't talk about the actual game yesterday and, uh, for forty minutes of the broadcast. Yeah, so and yeah. that was fantastic. So it's got to be a continuous conversation throughout the entire tournament. 
Um, how they show support, maybe there has to be adjustments there, but they've got to mm. do something. I think. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna adhere to Infantino's request, and we're gonna stick to football because I'm gonna ask you about um, the game going forward on Friday. It's against the USA. In terms of an England point of view, you can't change the team, and I don't know if this is a loaded question to you, but I don't think, <laughs> given that first half, you can change the team. The only, the only sort of question I think that will be building before that game is: Does Phil Foden replace Mason Mount? And knowing Southgate, knowing tournament football, I think Mason Mount stays in the team for now. We're going to, in part two, do our usual footmob rating uh, quiz and we'll sort of look ahead to who performed well and who didn't perform well. But I think the only question could be about Foden and Mount. For me, I think I stick with the, the starting eleven that, that began the game against Iran. I don't know about you. Um, well, for me, I, I'm going to let my buyers take over and say, yeah, Foden's got to come in. Um, I, I, for, for me, I think, especially against... I think it's also a team-specific change in Southgate isn't averse to those. You know, he's changed mm. his team yeah, based on who yeah. he's playing. Um, you look at that uh, American midfield, Tyler Adams, Brendan Aronson, um, you know, Eunice Weston Moose, McKinney. Weston McKenney, fantastic player. Yeah. I think yeah. you've got to have someone like Phil Foden who has that ability to just, you know, rock, get past players, whatever it takes, you know, beat his man, you know, trickle, trick, trick his way around them, essentially. And we see mm-hmm. a little bit of that, how he was coming inside today and you know, he'd, he'd spin off a defender, go off the shoulder and, you know, try and get a pass away. Um so you know, I, I think I think Southgate needs to decide how he's how he's going to deploy, you know, his players like that. He's got three of them on the bench really, with Foden, Grealish, and Madison. Yeah. Um, obviously, Madison, you know, there's, an, there's I think there's a slight injury concern there. Yeah. Um, Grealish today came off the bench to brilliant impact, and you know, he's been he, he's had that sort of game that he's been having for City, but the goal came. Um, yeah, yeah. Just so, quickly, quickly on that, Ali, before we move on, I found it. So ironic, like Jack Grealish has done superb, but he's he's done really well. I won't use sort of, I won't go over the top. He's done really well for City this season, but he just doesn't look like he could buy, he could buy a goal. He, he was on the pitch for what fifteen minutes or so, twenty minutes or so against the round. The he gets the ball squared to him, and he gets an open net. I found it so ironic. Well, it's it just, like it, 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 I think it's just more of the story of Jack Grealish, really. And I think he, and I think yeah. even he'll appreciate the irony of that. But yeah, for me, Foden in for Mount seems a sensible change. As for the rest of the team, unless there's injury issues, I wouldn't mm. change a thing. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Uh, we're here to finish off today's show with the usual foot mob rating quiz. I'm going to leave the Iran side alone for obvious reasons because there's a lot of 4.2s and 5.1s and 4.8s. And yeah, I don't think Bar, Bar Terrain, who's a fantastic player from Porto, has been doing that sort of thing all season for them. I don't think there's anyone really worth mentioning there. So we'll stick to England. I'm going to separate into two for the first question, Ollie, because the, mm-hmm. the substitutes made it an incredible impact so we'll have a look at them second in terms of I just want you to think about the 11 players who started the game bar Jordan Pickford because he, like you say there was nothing he could have done about the goals and he came in with a 6.5 which I think is probably pretty much uh, bang average so mm-hmm. of the 10 outfield players who do you think was the highest rated player in an England shirt um well, I think Saka scored two goals. So I think you've got to say him. Jude Bellingham could be in with the show. It might be close between them two because Bellingham's performance was so good, but you've got to say Saka with two. 
you'd be bang on, yeah. Bakayu Saka, two goals. He gets the, the Foot Mob Man of the Match award. Um, flipping it round then, 10 outfield players. Who was the lowest rated outfield player for England? Ooh. I've, it's a difficult I, one, isn't it? Yeah, I think... I, have, I, have, I haven't even actually checked the Foot Mob rating, so I'm going into this blind here. Um, yeah. Completely. I don't want to say, it, but John Stones maybe you know someone can some mm. can, can consider him at fault, and the penalty was given because of him as fastful as it was. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that was. <laughs> Carry on. Um, so, so yeah, apologies I, for that. I, I think it's between Stones and Mount, uh, but I'll go Stones. Just yeah. Yeah, you, you, you would be right. It would have been really interesting to see had that penalty not been given, which, again, you know, it really shouldn't have been given, um, especially considering what had gone before it. But yeah, Stones mm-hmm. does come in as the lowest rated player. I tell you what, now, we'll, I'm going to do the usual, I'm going to pit two players ahead of each other. But before I do, actually, just uh, on the substitutes, who do you think was the highest rated substitute player for England? So it was Eric Dyer, Grealish, Rashford, Foden and Callum Wilson. Three of that five obviously had goal contributions. So who who do you think was the highest rated from that? I think you've got to look at the two goal scorers just to how these things work. But I think Rashford, uh, he had a couple more shots that he got away more than Grealish uh, that I can remember at least. So I'll have mm. to say Marcus Rashford, but both were fantastic. So. Should have backed the boy, Jackie G. Oh, it must no. have it must have been the celebration sorry, that bumps him up. Yeah, he was 0.5 clear of Rashford, actually. Wow. I'm not quite sure whether wow. or not it was the the um sort of the winning free kicks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um right, okay, then we'll 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 wrap on this. I'm gonna give you two players. I want you to give me who you thought was rated higher. So we'll start off with Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw both got an assist, both played for Manchester United, both came into it on the back of a bit of a poor run of form in the Premier League. Who was rated highest? Um, ooh. It's a tight one. I'll yeah, it, point I, I, one I, in it again. Oh, wow, that is ridiculous. Um, I think just, just because Maguire played slightly less time, wasn't on the pitch for two goals conceded, obviously as a defender that would, would affect your rating. I'm just going to say Maguire. Yes, yeah, you will be. He's the one who is point one behind um, Luke Shaw. Secondly, then, we'll go Raheem Sterling and Harry Kane. Both got two goal involvements. I mean, from an analyst point of view, I'm just looking now at the, the, the way in which the, the contributions were spread out was incredible for England. But both got two goal involvements. One goal, one assist for Sterling, two assists for Harry Kane. Who do you think was rated highest out of those? Uh, I, I would say Raheem Sterling, and I thought he had the better game as well. So, but mm, yeah, I'll say Raheem Sterling. Oh no, it was Harry Kane. Oh, um, it was Harry oh. Kane. I'm not. I agree with you here. I think Raheem Ooh. Sterling had the better game. He was he was more dangerous. Um, bar one other cross from Harry Kane, I can't really think of much else that, that Harry Kane did. He was superb. He did really well facilitating England's attack. But yeah, Raheem Sterling coming in. Um, 2.0.2 behind Harry Kane. <sighs> Finally, then I tell you what, we'll go Kieran Trippier. This is a difficult one. Kieran Trippier versus Declan Rice because we've pretty much covered the other, the rest of the England players. So Kieran Trippier versus Declan Rice. Oh, um, 
I want to put, yeah, I think we should put a bit of respect on Declan Rice's name. Um, I, th- I th- both, I mean, the whole team are brilliant, so it's stupid mm. saying, oh, he was brilliant, he was brilliant, because they're all, <laughs> there. um, but I think, yeah, yeah Declan Rice, because the with that role, with that holding role, if a player mm. isn't seen as much in a game, that that's how you know they're doing a good job. Yeah. You know, we say yeah. about Rodri all the time, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yeah. Declan Rice just. I think it'll be close. It was though. a very Rodri-esque performance, I thought, from Declan Rice. He got mm. 7.5. Kieran Trippier, the Burnley legend, 7.9. So, Ooh, no, it was it was play, points Trump. four ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it's uh, it's pretty incredible, isn't it? Um, I would, I'm not quite sure I'd have had it for 0.4 ahead either, but um, Footmob know the best, don't they? Um, right, okay, Ollie, we'll call it a day there. I look forward to the, your suit ensemble and your suit collection building as we progress through <laughs> the end of November and into December. But that was a lot of fun. And here's to some more uh, thumping victories as the as the games progress. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic, isn't it? Friday night, USA. It's, it's, it's the dream go. It's, it's it's like that Scotland going last time out of us. Let's hope for a better yeah. result than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a better, a better spectacle in general. Oh, God, yeah. Indeed. And uh, just a just note on admin-wise for us, uh, there's no sort of set schedule um, as the World Cup goes on. It will be a little little bit of here and there. Um, we will make sure to have Mr. Booker present for a USA preview as we go head-to-head <laughs> against the mighty United States. But that'll do for today. I've been joined by Ollie. I've been Amos. And until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.